In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not imagine that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to complete them. I tell you solemnly, Till heaven and earth disappear, not one dot, not one little stroke shall disappear from the law until its purpose is achieved. Therefore, the man who infringes even one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be considered the least in the kingdom of heaven. But the man who keeps them and teaches them will be considered great in the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus is the giver of the new law, which completes and perfects the old. So is this new law the same as the old law, since our Lord Jesus has told us that he has not come to abolish the law of the prophets, but to complete them? The answer would be borrowing from that famous Thai English colloquial expression, which had crossed over to its Southeast Asian neighbours. Same, same, but different. What could say the same about this Marian shrine? There are multiple similarities with other Marian shrines scattered throughout the world. As is expected, this is a place of prayer, of conversion and of miracles, something that you will find in Lourdes in France, Fatima in Portugal, Lavang in Vietnam. But there are also unique differences. Knock is different from other apparitions of Our Lady in many ways. The first difference is the number of figures in the apparition. Usually only Our Lady appears. But here we witness a vivid plethora of images. A beautiful scene unfolds before us. Another difference is the large number of people who witness the apparition. Apparitions are typically seen by no more than five persons. But here, it takes a whole village to attest to its authenticity. Finally, the apparition was very brief. It occurred for a duration of only two hours. Other apparitions, like Fatima, usually occurred on multiple occasions. But I believe the enigma of this apparition is the fact that our Blessed Mother chose to remain silent. It's so unlike her. She's quite chatty elsewhere. Our Blessed Lady spoke... At Fatima, she told the children to make known her wishes. At Luz, she communicated with St. Bernadette. But at Nock, she chose to remain silent. For every pilgrim, the silence in this shrine is deafening. What could it all mean? Silence often leads to speculation. Perhaps it was the deliberate intention of Our Lady, who had no reason to add further to both the public revelation contained in the deposit of faith nor to the myriad of private revelations in other localities. A silence does not translate into a lack of communication. There are times, even in this world of space and time, when language fails us, and silence is our only adequate means of communication. Mary's silence is a powerful testimony of the power of prayer. Mary is immersed in prayer, in adoration, in contemplation, she is captivated by the beauty of the one whom she beholds and deeply loves.
Mary provides us with an apocalypse, a revelation of the true nature of the holy sacrifice of the Mass. It is the sacrifice of a Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the one who takes away the sins of the world, who is offered up for the salvation of many. Before the august sacrament of the Church, before the true, real, substantial sacrament of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, the silence of Mary reminds us that as all mortal voices should fall silent, it is only the voice of a son that matters. Silence is often a difficult thing to associate with the Mass. There is a never a lack of words, music, songs and activities, so much so that any attempt of imposing silence seems strange and disruptive to the flow of the celebration. But this had not always been the case. Silence was the hallmark of the old Mass. The biggest surprise, a cultural shock that awaits first-timers at such a Mass is not the Latin used or sung or that a priest faces away from the people, but a deafening pin-drop silence that defines the whole celebration of the traditional Latin Mass. The silence and the orientation are indeed baffling to our modern senses where we are taught to establish and maintain eye contact when communicating as a sign of respect, where every waking moment is compulsively filled with activity and noise. In the fast-paced world of modern living, a world of silence seems altogether alien, and in fact alienating. But contemplation and silence is not easy, and for many seemingly impossible. We are so wired by our culture to work more, pray less. We have a sense that if we want something done, we are better off just trying to get it done ourselves. Activists often see contemplation, taking time off for retreat and prayer and pilgrimages as a luxury. We should be busy solving the problems in the world rather than wasting our time in pointless and fruitless prayer. Prayer is often accused as being a cop-out, an excuse to shirk one's responsibilities and ultimately perceived to be a sign of weakness. Thus, Mary's silence can be mistaken for irresponsible passivity. But Mary's posture should never be interpreted as passive inactivity or a sign of weakness. Rather, her actions reveal real strength that comes only with learning to be silent before her son and coming to recognize that the greater work is the work that must be done by God. Opus Dei. God's work, rather than something which needs to be accomplished by man. As one popular author noted, there is power in prayer. When men work, they work. But when men pray, God works. This reflects the constant conviction of the Church that prayer is to be her primary responsibility, a responsibility that is often denigrated when the vitality of the Church is often measured against a benchmark of the number of activities organized. We often forget that our primary ministry is not so much in doing, but praying, not strategizing, but prostrating before God, seeking His will, not clever strategies, but trusting in God who moves quietly in the hearts of every man. Yes, we are called to work, but our main work is to pray. At every Mass, we encounter a place apart from the world, a place to meet God, and just like Mary, a place to be silent and be present to the Lord who chooses to be present to us in a most profound way.
It is a privileged opportunity to approach the awesome presence of God, the real presence of Christ in the tabernacle. To do this, silence is essential. Here, as we stand before this diorama depicting the scene of the apparition of Our Lady of Knock, we come to understand this truth. Mary, who raises her hands in silent prayer, stands before her son, the Lamb of God who was sacrificed on the cross. And that some, and that same sacrifice is now offered at every Mass. In this silence, we can achieve, as never before, a deeper understanding of the Mass, a greater appreciation of the real presence, a more solemn reverence of the sacred. In its fullness, silence itself is participation in God's being. In silence, we come to realize the smallness of our greatest achievement, in the face of God's great and marvellous work of salvation. And at the end, it is God's work that matters most of all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.